Well, welcome back to our series at Encounter called This Is Us from the crazy TV show, uh, This Is Us. You know, I just got a text from my cousin in New York, which I talked about last week because we were in New York for Thanksgiving, and I had a conversation uh, with my cousin talking about my family in New York, which never gives me, which, which always gives me enough preaching material. I said, this is us, but New York Italian style is my family. Uh, but we're talking about the dysfunction in our lives. And uh, we're talking about how, how, we, how if we just concentrate on that dysfunction, we can miss the Christmas season. And last week, Pastor Marty posted an article from Focus on the Family, which was all about this TV show, This Is Us. And it was written by Ashley Duran, who works for Focus on the Family. And here's what she wrote. She wrote, families are messy. We all know that. But so often we put on a front, masquerading as though our homes are tidy, our children perfect, and our problems all wrapped in nicely tied bows. Sometimes we need to be reminded that everyone struggles. No one has the perfect marriage. Children don't always obey. Relationships with extended family members are sometimes strained. Duh. I think this is why the NBC TV hit series, This Is Us, struck a nerve in so many American homes. It highlights domestic imperfections. The producers have created a show that doesn't pretend adoption is easy, a show that displays the heartache of loss and the fearness of addiction. A recent episode was especially painful to watch. Thank you, Honey Pie, for letting me watch that episode. One of the three main characters, Kevin Pearson, is a heartthrob actor, take it easy, women, who seemingly has it all, but he's actually hit rock bottom due to a crippling addiction to painkillers. It began several episodes with an old knee injury, and it acted up in some emotional wounds that resurfaced. Over the course of several episodes, fans has, have watched as Kevin lost his girlfriend, shut himself off from his family and friends because of his drug problem. Kevin's only solace seems to be the Vicodin pills he pops just to get through the day. When asked about the episode, Justin Hartley, who plays Kevin, told Variety magazine, I wanted to make sure that we told a story that was honest and true, especially because this is something that people deal with a lot. It's very dangerous. You can lose your health. You can lose your wealth. You can lose your friends. You can lose your trust. You can lose your dignity. You can lose everything, as so many of us at Encounter have found out. Sadly, chances are good that you know a family that's been touched by the opioid epidemic. As many as 65,000 people in the United States died from drug overdoses just in 2016. Almost 42,000 of those deaths caused by opioids. It's estimated that more than 11 million Americans misused prescription opioids just last year. Addiction isn't the only relatable storyline in the show. Kevin's sister, Kate, struggles with guilt over her father's death and her own sense of self-worth because of her heavy build. To make matters worse, in the last episode, she discovered her recent pregnancy ended in a miscarriage. The grief of what could have been hit home for America because nearly everyone knows someone who has experienced a similar heartache. As many as half of all pregnancies end in miscarriage, according to WebMD. Randall Pearson, the adopted brother of Kevin, and Kate struggles with his identity, a sense of belonging, and a need to control. 
He and his wife recently welcomed in a foster daughter who comes from a difficult family background. Randall struggles with how to help her, given that her pain is completely outside of his control. Randall feels that if he can't help her, he's failed her. Don't you want to watch this show? (laughs) Yes, This Is Us is a messy show. But in the midst of all the fears and heartache, there's an underlying beauty. The beauty of forgiveness, of grace, of working together through the pain. And I think that's what really resonates with the viewers. We need our messed up human families. We need them because even unwittingly, they teach us about Jesus. He welcomed, into, he welcomed us into his family, into, in the midst of our mess, so he could take it upon himself and walk through life's mountains, life's valleys with us. He loved us. He still loves us. In spite of our weaknesses, our addictions, our pain, And he wants us to do the same for our families. No matter what character you relate to in This Is Us, you are not alone. Others walk the same bumpy road and carry the same burdens as you, but there is one who wants to carry you through it all and give you rest at the foot of the cross. I said that last week. Most of us identify with the dysfunction in the show. We see ourselves in their stories. We see our pain in their stories. We see our loss and grief in their loss and grief. We see our mistakes in their mistakes. It's called life. But here's the problem. The problem with us keeping the focus on the dysfunction is that we could really miss what Christmas is all about. And Jesus doesn't want you to miss what the Christmas season is all about this year. We could easily miss why Jesus came in the first place. We could miss the real reason why we celebrate the birth of a Savior. We could miss what we really need the most, and that is the love and power that comes from a mighty God that helps us when life gets crazy and out of control. And for each and every one of you, at some point in your life, if not now, your life has been crazy and out of control. The antidote to this is us is found in Isaiah 9-6 which says, for a child is born to us. This is the Christmas story. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So welcome back to Encounter's Christmas series called This Is Us. We've been learning how not to miss the amazing experience of the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace during this Christmas series. I want to tell you tonight that God has given us everything that we need in those names, everything that we need, everything that we'll need, everything that you'll need, guys. Girls, everything that you'll need this Christmas season is found in those four amazing, wonderful names that will just simply blow your mind. So let me ask you, what do you need this Christmas? What do you really need this Christmas? What's the most important thing that you need this Christmas? Do you need what we talked about last week? Do you need the wonderful counselor? The name of Jesus, full of wonder full of wisdom, full of counsel, that when you call on God your Father in the name of Jesus, like it says in Jeremiah 33.3, he will answer you 
and reveal unsearchable things you don't even know of? Do you need wisdom? Or do you need what we're going to talk about tonight? Do you need a mighty God? Jesus is an almighty God. He's a mighty God. This is the same God who defeated sin, defeated death, defeated the grave, defeated the devil, defeated our own sin nature so that we can live forever and ever. Nothing is impossible for this Jesus that we're talking about. Apart from him, you can do nothing, but with him, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible for Jesus. I'm telling you that tonight. He heals the sick. He makes the blind see. He softens hard hearts. He restores families. He does everything and anything you need him to do. He's a mighty God. Jesus can give us strength, and that's why we can call him mighty God. Next week, we're going to be talking about the everlasting father, where we are never outside the loving care of an everlasting father. Jesus said it this way, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And we're going to wrap up the series on the fourth week talking about the prince of peace. I'll tell you something that we all need this Christmas season is God's peace. You need his peace. I need his peace. We're all stressed out. We're all burdened by something. Jesus said, the peace I give you, the peace I leave you, the peace I give the world doesn't offer. That type of peace could take care of all your stress, could take care of all your fears, could calm everything when everything around you is in chaos. So let me ask you again, what do you truly need this Christmas? What do you really need this Christmas? I want to tell you tonight that all of us need a mighty God, especially with all the chaos around us, the pain that lives inside of us, and the burdens that overwhelm us. See, we sing songs about the power. You know, Donovan just does an unbelievable job up here with the team, talking about being an overcomer. That's right, we're talking about overcoming tonight. We're talking about the power of God tonight. We sing songs about it. We love clapping about it. Yet so many of us seem so powerless when we walk out of here and get back to our daily lives on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, especially on the weekend. And let me ask you a very important question because this has everything to do with you experiencing the power of God and a mighty God, where you can say every day in your life, I serve a mighty God. I serve a mighty God. And here's the question for you. How intimate are you with God? How intimate are you with God? How intimate is God with you? Because that's, that's not a question up for him. That really is up to you. So you can be as intimate with God as you want to be. And God wants to be very intimate with you, especially when you're alone with him. Not just in these moments of worship, not just when you come to encounter, not just when you go to a church service on the weekend. God wants to have an intimate, loving, ongoing relationship with you. And here's why. When God is known in an intimate, loving way. When God is known and experienced the way he wants to be known and experienced, the result is you having power you've never had before. When God gives you wisdom, it's never without the main ingredient that makes the wisdom change your life, and that would be the power of God. That's why he's called the mighty God. I was joking around with Donovan earlier. I, said, I, you know, I, I used to love an old choir song 
I used to hear the Brooklyn Tab in New York City and Times Square Church play all the time. It's called, What a Mighty God We Serve. I'm not going to sing it to you, but maybe I will. It says, What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. All right, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. The next chorus goes on to say, He holds the wind in the wind's in his hand, and he's the great I am. He's the bright and morning star, and without him I would fall. That's a mighty God. That's why I love that song. But more than the song, I love my ongoing intimate relationship with the mighty God, Jesus Christ. And as the mighty God, I want to let you know tonight that he has the power to carry out his plan for your life. And the only thing that would keep God from carrying out his plan in your life is you. You're the only thing in all of creation that could keep God from carrying out his great plan for your life. That could be manifested in your life. You're the only thing that can keep a mighty God from accomplishing his purposes in your life. You're the only one keeping back the power and the miracles and the blessing of God. And just like I told a dear friend of mine tonight, are you blessable? Are you in a blessable position to be blessed by God where you can experience the power of God? Now, there are a couple of important factors when trying to grasp this mighty God, the power of God, the miracles of God. If you have your Bibles with you, go to the New Testament. There's some Bibles in front of you. The scriptures will be up on the screen. But go to Ephesians, and Paul was writing a letter about the love and the power of God to the church of Ephesus. And the first point I want to make tonight is God's power is available and activated when we receive and believe in Jesus. This is just the starting point. Ephesians 1.19 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. Who believe. He goes on to say, that's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is for us. The same power that resurrected Christ from the dead is for us. It not only is for us, it lives in us. It's available to us. And we're the only thing keeping that power from being manifested in our lives in a miraculous way so that Jesus Christ can accomplish his purposes to advance his kingdom through our lives in Jesus' name. Ephesians 1.19, I pray that you will understand. Just in the verse before that, I pray that God would give you a spirit of revelation, that you would understand this, that you would understand the depth of his love and power. Second point I want to make tonight is God's power lives in you so you can grasp how much God loves you. There are a lot of people walking around talking about the power. Oh, I got the power. I got the power. I got this. I got that. I can do this. I can do that. And they don't know nothing about the love of God. And the two go hand in hand. God's power lives in you so you can grasp how much God loves you. The Apostle Paul goes on to write in the third chapter in Ephesians. And he says this in verse 13. So please don't lose heart. So he's writing a letter to a church that's losing heart. 
and maybe you're losing heart. I'm going to get back to that. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Now Paul's thinking, and Paul just finished wrapping up, talking about the incredible greatness of God's power, how we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, how we're saved by grace and not works, so that no one can boast that it's just all of God, it's all Jesus, that when we put our faith and trust in him, uh, that, that we've got salvation and that, and that we are God's masterpiece prepared, that, that God prepared thousands of years ago to do the works that he planned for us to do, even before he created planet Earth. So he just finished writing all of that. And then he says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious, here it is, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. That he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You know, sometimes I don't even like preaching. I just like reading God's word. Because God's word is, is enough. I don't even have to add to it. I don't even have to delete to it. I just have to read it. Because there's enough power in it. I don't have to say anything. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. That makes me giddy. That just gets me excited. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Notice the connection between God's love and God's power. And the reason why God gives you his power. And may you have the power. And here's the reason why God gives you the power. To understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. There's some smart people here. There's some dumb people here, too. I'm one of them. But no matter how smart you are, you may be the smartest person in the universe. You'll never grasp fully the love of God. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Worship team, we're done. No, no, we're not done. Hold on. Again, I go back to the beginning, the preface before that major statement. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart. No matter where you are tonight, don't lose heart. You're watching online, you're going through the storm of your life, don't lose heart. See, most people lose heart during the Christmas season. Christmas is a tough time, a tougher time than any other time. Pain and problems escalate during the season of joy. Pink slips get handed out. Divorce papers get finalized. Unexpected medical diagnosis hit us, and a list of endless things that make us lose heart when our hearts are supposed to be filled during Christmas. I think about all of our brothers and sisters in California dealing with the fires and many losing their homes. Talk about losing heart. I can't even imagine or even fathom the despair that they're going through. And the loss that they're dealing with. We all need a mighty God. 
That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. All of us need a mighty God. His power is for us to have full access to the love and power of Jesus Christ. That's his prayer for us. That his, for us to have full access to the love and power of Jesus Christ. His prayer in Ephesians is profound in one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. And he presents this idea that the depth of the miraculous resurrection power in your life is directly tied to you being blown away by the wonder of his love. Let me say that again. He presents this idea that the depth of the miraculous resurrection power in your life is directly tied to you being blown away by the wonder of his love. He says, I want you to know the love of Christ. I want you to know something you could have never known in your own understanding or capability. I want you to know the wonderful counselor. I want you to know as much about the love of Jesus as you can possibly fathom. And when it comes to knowledge like this, you need to know that there is no concluding point. You could study the Bible a hundred times over for a hundred years and never fathom the love of God that he has for you. Because you can't fathom God. I mean, you just think about, I heard a sermon by Tony Evans this week, which inspired a lot of what I'm talking about. And he said, you know, we've come to the comprehension of just figuring out stuff and planets just in one galaxy. We don't even know anything about the hundreds of other galaxies that exist out there, but God is bigger and greater and the creator of all the galaxies that ever existed and will exist. Try and wrap your mind around that, genius boy. Paul is saying, I want you to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. To know this love will surpass anything that you could ever learn in a hundred million lifetimes. And again, he's talking to people that are losing heart. People who are losing heart. The third point I want to make tonight, we've got to wrap this up, I've got to move, is God's power within us determines the power that comes out of us. God's power within us determines the power that comes out of us. Ephesians 3.20, Paul wraps it up by saying, now all glory to God, who is able, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I don't want you to miss a Jesus Christ resume why he is called a mighty God statement found in Ephesians 3.20. He is able. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, hear this. He is able. In your circumstance, he is able. In your life, he is able. In your family, he is able in your neck, he is able. In your cancer, he is able. In your job, in your finances, in your emotions, in your fears, in your pain, in your loss, in your grief, he is able. I want to tell you that God is able. The best news that I can give you tonight is that he is able. Our God is able. Now all glory to God 
who is able to do immeasurably more than whatever we could ask, think, imagine, dream, pray for, talk about. He is able. And you know, Tony Evans said this earlier this week. He says, you know, we thank God in safe ways. We don't thank him in dangerous ways. See, the kind of power I'm talking about is the power beyond whatever you could ask or think. So, oh, thank you, God, for getting me through this day. Thank you, God, for just helping me survive. Thank you, God, for all my blood. Thank you, God, for this meal. Those are good things to pray for. But we're talking about answered prayers that produced a miracle of God's power in your life where God came through in a way you never expected. When God just blows your mind, where you can say, but God is. But God did this. Well, let me tell you what God did. God did this. Let me tell you how God healed my wife. Let me tell you how God restored my family. Let me tell you about God resurrecting this dead man who is dead, but he's now alive. See, when God allows you to experience that, it's so that you can't even explain what God did in that situation. And that's so God gets the glory. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty work, at, his mighty power at work within us. See, fact is, when you're losing heart, and you're really losing heart, you're not looking for an ordinary answer to prayer. You're not looking for the same old, same old, oh, God, get me through this day. But I want to, if you look closely at that scripture, there's a condition to God answering your prayers like that. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. There's a condition. According to the power within us. Don't miss that. According to the power within us, you'll get an answer prayer of God's power like that. In other words, this isn't for everybody. It just isn't. See, God looks at the power within you before he determines the action that comes out. Why gain the knowledge of God? So you can have power. And the more operating room, here, let me go back to the question, how intimate are you with God? And the more intimate you are with God, the more power you'll have of God, and the more you'll be able to declare each and every day, what a mighty God we serve. See, I need a mighty God in me to survive this Christmas. Whatever power you allow to work within you will have permission to be released through you according to the power within you. Don't miss that this Christmas. I need a mighty God when I'm weak. I need a mighty God when it comes when it comes to saving. I need a mighty God to pick me up when I'm down. I need a mighty God to raise me from the dead when I die. I need a mighty God to defeat my sin. I need a mighty God to help me overcome the disasters in my life. I need a God who is mighty to save. And to make all that possible, I need to honor the love, power, and the Holy Spirit that lives in me by having an intimate, ongoing, personal relationship with God. I need to have quiet time with God. I need to get alone with God, saying, okay, God, just me and you. Say whatever you want to say to me. Do whatever you want to do in me. 
Speak whatever you want to speak to me. I'm listening and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Here I am. I need to give God the operating room he desires in me so he can navigate the impossible going on around me. I want to share a letter that I wrote to my ministry when I was leading a recovery program in Illinois seven years ago when Carolyn was first diagnosed with breast cancer. We had no idea what was going on. And many of you know her story. I've shared it many, many times. And God's healed her because he heard her praise before he heard her prayer. But I've never shared this letter that I sent out just a couple of days, actually just a day after we, we got the diagnosis. I wrote, some of you may know that my wife Carolyn has just been diagnosed with breast cancer. We just found out yesterday. The news hit us like a ton of bricks and shook us hard. No one finds joy from hearing that you have cancer, but somehow there was joy yesterday as we entered into a new storm. A storm of many unknowns as we now have to wait to see how serious the cancer is, which is going to take another four days or so. We experienced something yesterday that I want to share with you. In the middle of being rocked by the news of cancer, we walked out of that doctor's office, got in my car, and the first words out of Carolyn's mouth before we prayed was exactly what Mary said, paraphrased. Carolyn said, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord, for he has done great things for me. All I can tell you is that as we started to bless God, glorify God, and rejoice in Jesus, an overwhelming sense of peace, power, and grace came upon us. We know God is in control. Even in the storm of cancer, God is worthy of our praise. Carolyn chose bless you instead of why me. She chose joy instead of despair. She chose prayer instead of worry, and she chose Jesus instead of cancer. At this time, we're ask, all we're asking is that you keep Carolyn in, in your prayers. We are trusting and believing that God's going to heal Carolyn completely and be glorified through it all. Carolyn and I find great comfort and joy seeing, all, seeing you all work your recovery and watching you glorify God and rejoicing in Jesus every Friday night. We find strength and encouragement from seeing God work in all of you. Witnessing the transforming power of God in your life has been and will continue to minister to Carolyn and me as we all embrace this thing called community as one family every Friday night. Luke 149, for the mighty one. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. P.S. Last night, God woke Carolyn up, and God gave her a scripture to read, and she read it. Today, Carolyn received an email from one of my best friend's wife, Shirley, who has been struggling with cancer for the past few years, who we are very close to. At the end of Shirley's email, she shared with Carolyn a passage of scripture that helped her through the storm. It was the same exact passage that God woke Carolyn up last night. And it was from Isaiah 30, 21. 
And it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. Friends, I want to say tonight, if Jesus tells you which way to go, he'll give you the power to get there. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Again, let me close by saying this. What do you need this Christmas? What do you need this Christmas? I want you to check out the story of Ed, a man who needed a mighty God one Christmas season. I love being a pastor. You get to walk with people in the best of times and the worst of times. And over the years, I have dealt with all sorts of people in all sorts of circumstances. And my joy has been to give them a sense of hope. Every Christmas, we would do what was called Festival of Lights. For me, Christmas was really the most exciting time of the year. It was family and friends and gifts and trees and mangers. But most of all, Christmas was about hope, joy, and peace. It was uplifting and exciting. But that was the Christmas I learned I was dying. I thought this will be my last Christmas. I didn't want to show up at the festival. I didn't want to see people, be around people, asking me how I was doing. I didn't want to go. I wanted to sit home alone. My wife said, you need to go. People need to hear what you have to say. ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, is a degenerative disease, which means it gets worse and worse. Eventually, it affects swallowing, chewing, breathing, 
and when the lungs go, you end up dying. They don't know what causes it, and there's no cure. Basically, they said, you have two to five years to live. My wife has become the hands in my life when my hands don't work right. I wanted to see my daughter get married, walk her down the aisle, wanted to watch my grandkids grow up. I've been around people with feeding tubes and ventilators, and whenever I see someone like that, I'm seeing a reflection of my own future. When you're told you're dying and the process of dying is awful, there's not much hope in that. I didn't want to show up at the festival. And my wife said, you have to go. So I got in my truck. I was driving and my phone rang and it was Billy. Billy has more stuff wrong with him than most people I've ever met. For over 20 years, he was addicted to heroin He's HIV positive. He has hepatitis B. He's been through cancer, but he's still alive. We talked, and I was telling him all that was going on. And he has kind of a high-pitched New York accent. He said, hey, you need to be a Yogi Berra Christian. And I'm thinking, what? I had no clue, no clue what he was talking about. He's a tad off the wall, to say the least. <laughs> so I asked him, what do you mean? He said, it ain't over till it's over. Billy has the worst of the worst. His wife died in his arms. His son he has never found to this day. And in spite of all of that, he's hopeful. Every human being knows they're going to die. The difference is I feel it with every twitch in my muscles. I feel it in the depths of my being.
and I realized that I was really dying because I had given up. I had considered my life as over, but it wasn't. The doctors gave me two to five years. That was over 10 years ago. If I'd given up and laid down to die, I would have missed walking my daughter down the aisle. I would have missed the birth of all five grandchildren. I would say Billy's phone call was God speaking to me with a New York accent. Billy, of all people, should have considered his life over. And he was saying, it ain't over till it's over. And I realized there is profound truth in that. I can't do the New York accent like him. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I didn't expect another Christmas, and now I've had 10. And the more I have, the more I want. I have my life to share, my own story to share. One day it will be over, but it's not about how long I have left. It's about how I spend the time I do have.